ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, there's that silence in a little bit. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Fit. Pop pass up in the middle. Tucker's got it. Room to run. 15-10. Hit and in. Gregory's touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1. Heard 96.5 FM heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing on the ESPN app. But that's not all, kids. Seen, heard, so much more. At QSportsTalk.com. Don't you hate it when they say, and so much more, right? Well, what does that mean? Why can't you just tell me what else is there? Okay, fine. There's a live chat at QSportsTalk.com where you can participate in the show as much as you'd like. Now, if you want to call 437-7644, get on the radio, tell mom you were on the radio. She'll love it. That's great. But you can chat as much as you'd like in the live stream in the chat, QSportsTalk.com. Okay about all of our shows here on ESPN Syracuse streamed for you at the lovely QSportsTalk.com. How about an exclusive chat with Jim Beheim? Yeah, that happens every Thursday for our great subscribers. They get to ask the coach their own questions. You don't like the questions that Stephen Pauly asks coach every Thursday, particularly Pauly's questions? Ask your own to the head coach. Pre-game shows, watch parties, post-game shows. That's not even everything. There is literally so much more, like exclusive chats with Syracuse players. You satisfied now? You satisfied? Huh? That's the so much more. And I didn't even hit everything. So get on to QSportsTalk.com and take in the show that way. Glad to have you here. Uh, Good news is it's much warmer in central New York today. The bad news is uh, the wind's been howling. My backyard is a mess of ice, mud, Melting snow and dog poop when you have two dogs. Now, I, I do a pretty diligent job cleaning it up, but let's be honest. Sometimes, you know, the dog's got to go out at like 2 in the morning and he just kind of like, you know, pile the snow on top. Ah, that'll go away, right? Nope. No, no, it does not. It does not. All will be, will be revealed when the snow melts today. So, I don't know. I'd kind of rather have the snow frankly, because my backyard is a disaster. And then you got to clean up two dogs after they go outside. It's a thing. But anyway, it's 54 degrees. Thumbs up there. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. We are ready to rock and roll. 
Here's what's coming up right here in this hour. Always a pleasure to welcome in the one and only John Jastrzemski. We call him JJ, the New York, New York podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Oh, baby, Nick fans, I don't know what to tell you. Usually I save this for Mets fans, like uh, our friend Josh out there running the show. I don't know how you guys get out of bed in the morning sometimes. I really don't. Like you wake up and those first thoughts start to simulate and you're kind of deciphering, am I awake? You ever have one of those really vivid dreams where it takes you like five minutes to be like, okay, where am I? I had one of those last night. Not going to tell you what it's about because it's really weird, but I had one of those last night. It took me like five minutes to be like, okay, where am I? So then you establish that. You're like, okay. If you're like me, first thing you do, you open the window. What's the weather like? You know, stretch a little bit. And then it hits you. Oh, man. I'm a Mets fan. Usually I save that for you, and I'm not a Mets fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. Nick fans, that's you today. Like, you wake up and that it hits you like, oh, that happened last night. And that's been happening a lot. So we had to bring in J.J. to discuss that. The recent uh, Harden trade with Simmons, Net fans, our, our uh, hardworking intern Eric is a big Net guy, and apparently there were Net chants at Madison Square Garden last night. Like how, uh, as Michael Scott once said, how the turntables. So we'll talk some New York sports with our friend JJ right here this hour in the five o'clock hour. We're going to have two guests. One top of the hour is one of the best lacrosse players in these United States of America. She happens to play for the Syracuse women's lacrosse team. That is Emily Harris Chuck. She is back on the field after a long rehab from an ACL tear a year ago. Got the extra year of eligibility. She's back on a loaded Syracuse women's lacrosse team that's off to a great 2-0 start. But they've got a heck of a matchup on Sunday as part of that big doubleheader at the Dome. Legends Day, Gary Gate, Katie Rowan, who's going to join us on the show tomorrow, by the way. Get their jerseys retired. The legend, Roy Simmons Jr., is going to be added to the Ring of Honor. And you're going to have uh, two very interesting lacrosse games. Now, I think the men's team is going to be in for a bit of trouble against Maryland. Not going to lie. We'll get into that more on tomorrow's show. Women's team, top five matchup with Stony Brook. I wrote a, 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 a column today, pardon me, about Joe Spolina, who is the head coach at Stony Brook. But all three of Spolina's kids are coming to play at Syracuse, including Joey, who's the number one recruit in the country. Uh, he's got an assistant coach on his staff that coached at Syracuse. Syracuse has an assistant coach on their staff, Caitlin DeFelice, who coached with Spolina. So he's got all these Syracuse connections, and Joe is one of the most well-connected people in the game and one of the most respected people in the game, frankly. I always enjoy talking lax with Joe. But Sunday, he's got to beat Kayla Trainer and the Syracuse women's lacrosse team. So we'll talk to Emily about all that at 520, our weekly visit with Jimmy Beheim. Brought to you by Adirondack Bank and Matthews Auto Group. Uh, the blind side and hot takes to come as well. So a jam-packed Thursday edition of the program. And I think that's uh, where we're going to start, speaking of Jimmy Beheim, And you'll hear his take on this later. And the take there is, cliches exist for a reason, right? There are, are certain bits of advice. There are certain things that come up often. And they are staples in people's lives for a reason. Because they're true, right? Now, I get tired of, of cliches as much as the next guy or gal, particularly in sports when you hear kind of the same things over and over again in a locker room. That's why I appreciate people that break the mold, that 
say what's on their mind. Although saying what's on your mind isn't always a good thing, right? Some some people can be too much of an open book or feel like every time they're in front of a microphone, they've got to say something provocative. Uh, there are people that just are unfiltered and don't care and everything in between. So you got to appreciate that. But there are certain cliches that you can come back to that exist for a reason. You know, one of my favorites is from Ferris Bueller. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. I think it's important for everybody to do that. I think the Syracuse basketball team has to apply that in this stretch that they are going to go into. Because I think if you think about it in whole, it can be overwhelming. You ever have, and Jim Beheim was on Orange Nation earlier today and talked about that a bit with Paulie and Steve and just, you know, there's no secret where this team is at. They've hit some adversity lately with the loss of Jesse Edwards, which is going to be tough to overcome. They've got a hell of a schedule coming up. They're going to play a blinding schedule in the next stretch of games starting Saturday where they're going to play five games in 10 days, three and five. Now, three of those first four are at home, so that'll help ease things a bit. But as Jim Beheim said today, we just got to go out and play those games. You're going to have 100 bad days in a row. Oh, you know that, right? You've had like I've had a whole lifetime of them, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> at least a hundred. Well, the next day you're trying to go, aren't you? Yes. You know. Well, that's what this is. We're we're not. We haven't lost every game, first of all. And our goal is to win the next game and the rest of the year. The next game we play, we're, we're, we we want to go out there and win it. And if we do that, we'd be pretty happy at the end of the year. If we don't, and we've given our maximum effort, that's what you play. You play for the game. You play for pride in yourself. You play for your family, your team, yourself. I mean, this is just common. This is, listen, this is like one, one. This is basic first year. You just go out there and you do the best you can every day and you try to get a good result that day and you feel good about it. Sometimes it's as simple as that. And that's why athletes think the way they do. And sometimes the way we think, we being the collective media and fans, is much different than they think. And sometimes it does get annoying. What do you mean one game at a time? Like we can look at things broadly and kind of look ahead and they can't do that because if you do, it'll overwhelm you. Now, I think this week, Buddy talked about it with us Tuesday. You'll get Jimmy's take on this later when we play back our chat with Jimmy. They know because as much as they try to isolate themselves in a particular bubble, if you will, they have friends that will remind them of things. They have friends and family that will text them certain things. They're, as much as they try to avoid certain subject matter on social media, they're on social media. They're going to hear about it one way or the other. So it's good to be aware. I don't think you can be ignorant to your situation. I don't think that helps anybody. But you can't let it overwhelm you. I had one of those days today. You ever just have one of those days where everything is lined up a certain way and Speaking of when you first wake up in the morning and you look at your phone, it's like, hey, what's the old schedule say today? And it's like, all right, that's a day. That's a lot. So what do you do when you are overwhelmed like that? You can only do one thing at a time. Now, are you sort of when you have moments? Like one of the things I had to do today was take uh, Blaze the puppy to the vet. And that gives me some time in the car to just kind of like collect my thoughts, get ready for the next thing while they're dealing with that, right? So, yes, 
I'm dealing with that particular thing at once, but thinking ahead to the two things that are immediately going to follow that. So the days that those don't line up are the days people get frustrated, they get overwhelmed, and everybody handles things differently, right? People are organized in a certain way, type A, type B, whatever personalities you are. The point I'm trying to make here is, as cliche as that sounds, as Jim Beheim said himself, it's psych 101. You have 100 bad days, day 101, you just got to get up and try to make this one better. That's what's in front of this team. It's daunting. It's challenging. The schedule doesn't help, but that's how they have to approach this. So they had a few days where I think what benefited them is, as I said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. You don't want to get so in the stream that you're not recognizing your surroundings. So Syracuse had this week to like, okay, we need some rest, maybe get away from the game a little bit, but when we're at practice, we're sharpening these particular skills. We're going to take a deep breath, and here we go, head first into this insane stretch of games. And I think like starting tomorrow, you can't think about Georgia Tech or Notre Dame or Duke, which will be hard not to think about next week. If anything, they'll be kept occupied because there's three games before Duke in the span of a week. Right, As much hype and buildup as they'll be to that, we hope Mike Krzyzewski will be here, and it looks like he's okay and will be. It was another insane night in the ACC last night. I don't know if you guys saw that. So that's where paying attention to the things around you and not putting blinders on matters. That can give you a little spark to see what Pittsburgh did last night. To see Boston College, by the way, give a good team a hell of a run last night in Notre Dame. So be aware of that, know that, and how it applies to you. I think Syracuse got the best of both worlds this week. We'll see if it works. Sometimes the schedule can annoy you. You're on a roll, and this team, before they lost to Virginia Tech, was on a roll. If they had won five in a row, let's be in a world where Jesse Edwards isn't hurt. Maybe they've won five straight. And the last thing you want to do is sit around. But this is a team that needed to take a pause, get that perspective, and now have that attitude. So listen. One game at a time is the most annoying cliche in sports. But there's a reason it's a cliche. There's a reason that every athlete I've ever talked to in my life at some point, you'll hear Emily Harris Chuck bring it up today. But I thought the way she presented it was a good perspective on we know what's expected of us. We know what our expectations are. But if we look past Stony Brook, we're I'm paraphrasing what she said. I want you to hear it yourself. It's basically like we're doomed if that's what we're going to do. There's a certain point in time where you do have to lock it in. We don't have to think that way. We can get out the calculators and not that we're doing this for NCAA tournament this year, but we can look at it and say, okay, if they do it this way, win this game and go over here, and if there's a full moon, carry the two, they'll finish with a winning record. We can do that. I can have those conversations on the radio. If they start thinking like that, now it's a it's a balance. It's knowing what's ahead of you to be prepared to handle that. You'd be a fool not to take this time to do everything you can to be prepared to play that many games in that many days. But at the same time, if you're thinking about all five of those games, all three of those games, even two ahead with two and three days, you're going to overwhelm yourself. So that's all they can do, right? Because... The other thing with that, as my day went today, and maybe you had the same kind of day, 
once you get immersed in it, and even if you're only doing it one game at a time, the next thing you know, the whole day's gone by. And you can look back on it with satisfaction and say, you know what, I, I was patient. I took this one game at a time. I didn't win all the battles. I didn't win all the meetings. But I feel good with how I approached it. And that's what that clip from Jim Beheim said right there. We, no matter how this turns out, are going to feel good about how we played and how we approached it, how hard we addressed it, how we prepared we can look back on this with satisfaction. We're going to try and win these games as we try to win every game ahead of us. But per our discussion yesterday, though, I wonder how that will be validated, depending on if they're above 500 or below, because that's a major difference, despite what uh, Jordan wants to tell you about it not being a major difference, right? So that's what's great about cliches. As much as they're cliches, Great quotes stick for a while. You know, my father told me something that will stick with me to the day I die and beyond. And that's you only get out of life what you put into life, right? He didn't make that up. He heard that from his father, who probably heard that from somebody else. No matter how the world changes and how crazy it gets, you can apply something like that. The Ferris Bueller quote. Everybody's got a favorite expression or quote or something they live by, right? Sometimes they're corny, but, you know, why do people like Ted Lasso? That's the that's Ted Lasso in a nutshell. It's all these kind of corny life expressions that we see come to life on the screen. It makes you feel good. Like people at the end of the day want to believe in stuff like that. And and Ted Lasso, that's all it is. It's a sign above the door. It says believe. It's as simple as it gets. Why do we look to sports, right, for inspiring speeches at halftime and quotes and comeback stories? And that's what keeps us going, right? If it's one game at a time, if it's one day at a time, or whatever the case may be, that's all they can do. It'll go quicker than you think. We're going to be talking about Selection Sunday here. It it feels like five minutes from now, right? I don't think Syracuse is going to be particularly involved in that, to be honest, but, hey, go play the games left on your schedule, and, and let's see what we got here. Sounds cliche, right? Cliches exist for a reason. On that note, we will break. A man that breaks all the molds and all the cliches. John Jastrzemski is going to join us here shortly. Oh, but I don't know what's left in the English language to talk about the New York Knickerbocker. Certainly Stephen A. was fired up last night. I don't know if you saw that clip. but So guess what? Goodbye! Stephen A. Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, JJ, I'm sure, has some thoughts as well. We will get to that coming up. Emily Harris, Chuck later. Jimmy Beheim later. And you throughout the show. At 437 7644. Uh, 437 7644. I know the known. I know the phone number, I promise. 437-7644. Live chat at QSportsTalk.com as well. Before we do that, let us see how the market did on this Thursday, February the 17th, 2022, Bill. Uh, the birthday of both Michael Jordan and Jim Brown. Two goats. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. How you doing, X Man? Oh, it's Mike. I'm sorry. It's I, Mike. I, I got Bill on my screen here. It's our guy, Mike. That's How are okay. you, sir? What's cooking, man? Well, not as good as uh, a little better than the market. The market took uh, the lead from the Knicks last night, and the Dow closed down 623 points. S and P followed down 94, and the Nasdaq was down almost 500 points, about 2.9 percent. So the worst performer out of the three. 
We did have a couple diamonds. Walmart had great earnings last night. The stock traded up $5 to almost $139 a share today. And we had plenty of choices for dogs, but we're going to go with Shake Shack, down $3.5 during the regular trading hours and now trading down another $5 after hours on disappointing sales forecasts for the rest of the year. So this Russia, Ukraine, and these inflation scares is all leading to uh, a negative market today, X-Man. Well, uh, well, we'll drown our sorrows at the Shake Shack with some milkshakes, right? There he goes, our friend Mike from Lee Baldwin and Company. Great report as always, sir, on the ups and downs in the market. That's what our friends at Lee Baldwin help you do, get all the diamonds and none of the dogs. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to check this during the break. I'm pretty sure Shake Shack is also, remember the end of Greece when John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John have like the final celebration at the, at the carnival? I'm pretty sure they danced on the Shake Shack. These random things that pop into my brain. I'm going to check that during the break. Then we'll talk to JJ. Stay right there. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. I've met all the guys in person except for Chris. Um, you know, obviously me and Q are really close. We're playing here together. We're roommates. So um, that's my guy. And then Malik, I've known him since... I mean, we played AU together since we were like 12U almost. So I've known him for a while. We're both from Virginia. Um, so that's my guy also. Then, um, you know, Peter, I met him. We went to the elite camp together in August. So I met him there and uh, we texted back and forth. And then I reached out to, you know, me and Chris to talk a little bit on Instagram. So, um, I mean, it's, we're all we we're all excited to get there, really, just start playing with each other. I think that's the main thing is, um, once we start playing with each other and just getting to know each other better, um, I think the chemistry will be there. And, and so, I mean, it's already there because, like I said, we um, have started talking a lot and just know each other from our basketball history. So we're, we're super stoked to get there and get that started. That is the voice of Justin Taylor. He was on earlier today on Shays and Higgins. You want to hear that full interview, it's at ESPNSyracuse.com in the audio vault. Uh, just giving a shout-out to the uh, fellow members of the class of 2022. Interesting thoughts on a former Syracuse player at the NBA level giving advice to a current member of the Syracuse basketball team, and Jim Beheim compared the current player to the former player. Let's hear from both of them here in Hot Takes. Let's hit it. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. If you've been hurt in a car, it's time to call William Matar. The number is easy to remember anytime, but particularly around this time of the day, 444-4444. So earlier today on Orange Nation, Jim Beheim, in looking at, you know, young players, there's precedent, look to the past, of certain players that maybe had to ride it out in their freshman year but started to succeed when they got the time and were patient going forward. And that player that he compared Benny Williams to in that scenario was Michael Carter-Williams. Here's that. You can't play somebody because they have potential. That that 
it cannot be done. You know, Michael Carter Williams, it's interesting, I saw his um, piece, and he said, you know, he, he was didn't play his freshman year. Well, the difference, Michael Carter Williams killed people in practice. Killed them. He was really good, but he wasn't quite as good as Deion Waiters, Scoop Jardine, and Brandon Trish. But he was good. So there you go. Now that piece that Jim is referring to, a great chat that uh, Mike Curtis our friend at Syracuse.com had with Michael Carter-Williams, and in that conversation, advice for Benny Williams came up. How about that coming full circle? Let's listen to that. I would tell him to take all the anger and frustration that he has and be the first person at the gym, be the last person to leave. Um, find some peace, obviously, because it's not easy. Find some peace, you know, whatever that is, whether it's, you know, hanging out with your friends, playing video games, you know, handling your mental right. Um and then, you know, I don't know what his situation looks like for next year, um, you know, in terms of in his position, who's ahead of him. But, um, you know, use use this year as a get-ready year for next year. I always appreciate that sage advice from players who have been through it because while teams are not exactly the same, generations change, approaches change. Michael Carter-Williams, believe it or not, was here, what, nine years ago, ten years ago? That's insane to think about, but... Even when he was here, I always enjoy talking to him. We've interviewed him a few times on the show over the years. He has one of the most grounded approaches to being in professional basketball I've ever heard. I think at one point he was the only money he was basically taking as a salary was his endorsement money. He was putting all his other money away, saving, investing. You just never know how long that pro career is going to be, right? And that money can go quickly if if you're not smart with it. Just always a great guy to talk to. Always had a lot of perspective. Now he's got... 10 years of perspective of professional basketball, but it's interesting to hear both Jim and Michael refer to that time. Now, I think the big difference is the guys that were also on that roster that Jim noted that kept Michael Carter Williams on the bench. Now, it's not like Benny Williams is just killing it to practice to the point where you can't play him, but I think Jim makes a point there, which some don't always agree with, but potential is, 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 there's nothing tangible about it. I've had the potential to be, you know, 160 pounds my whole life, right? It's just not happening. Okay? One day, one day I will get there. But potential's nothing. There's talent. There are markers and there are, how can I frame this? There are just that. There are markers that you don't create. Benny Williams didn't wake up one day and say, hey, I hereby declare I am a five-star. Other people label you that, right? See, that's one of the toughest things that these players have to do, and I'll admit, you know, being in the media, we tend to put these labels on players and narratives on certain players that they have to escape, not by their own choice, right? But that's part of the game, too. If you are a five-star player, if you do get the acknowledgement of, say, playing in a McDonald's All-American game, being a McDonald's All-American, certain labels and titles that come your way, that comes with expectation. Some would rather have it than not. So it's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but what Michael Carter-Williams said there is wise. Have some peace. Have something away from the game. When you are working, show you're the first one in, the last one out. Grind. Give that coach a reason to stay with you. But Jim Beheim can't look at it and say, I'll tell you what, today's the day this is going to happen. Now, it just happens to correspond with 
Jesse Edwards goes out, everybody goes up the ladder or rung. Benny only played three minutes against Virginia Tech, but you would think if he keeps pushing, we hear these practice reports and he's right there. I think what they've got to get accomplished one way or the other, and it's not like, you know, they've got to check the box in order to, you know, win the scavenger hunt, if you will. I think if it works out, one thing that could really be, and I brought it up in my top five list the other day, a big thing for this team down the stretch is if he has his breakout game, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. He is so darn close, and I think, Benny, he's got to go into the offseason with that memory in his bank, right? I went into, it sounds simple, but I went into a game, and I had a big dunk. I had a big bucket. I had a big offensive play because it just hasn't happened. And he scored, and he's had some fleeting moments, if you will. But he needs that breakout because there's only so much you can do in practice and judge yourself and feel like you're making progress. What you need is that, hey, remember you played in that game and you did this? He's got a few of those moments on other parts of of, of the floor, if you in other parts of his game. He needs that breakout on the offensive side. And I'm just talking about like a couple of buckets, like, you know, a play he runs. He likes that shot by the free throw line. Make that shot. He almost made a dunk against Virginia Tech. Make that dunk. Just have it so you can build on it. Practice is important. That's where you show that this has gone from potential to tangible. Okay, no, the way you're playing in practice means I have to play you now. With Jesse out, with six games left here, with a couple of games where I feel like, you know, no easy games, to say the least, but Boston College, Georgia Tech, there's a couple games in there where Syracuse could have a lead where it would make sense for him to get some sizable minutes. He needs that breakout. Now, is it on Jim Beheim? He'd be like, I got to check this box no matter what. Of course not. No, you do it when it works out. You do it if it helps the team. You do it. He's going to get that moment. He's going to get that opportunity to get that moment. So I thought that was a really interesting comparison. Michael Carter-Williams said that about Benny. Jim Beheim heard that and brought that reference up. Good job by Mike Curtis, by the way. Great conversation he had with Michael Carter-Williams. I highly suggest you watch the whole thing. Now, one thing I want to know before we take a break here is we were having this conversation during the Q Sports Talk break. I think we're going to keep it going during the next Q Sports Talk break here. But just to go back to what J.J. was saying, last year when the Knicks were good again, you just felt a different way, of a different buzz And the point I made during the Q Sports Talk break, and I want to make it on the radio too, and I don't think I'm reinventing the wheel here, but not only will the Knicks always be more popular than the Nets in all circles, no matter how you want to draw them, I don't think the Nets are likable. When the Knicks are good, they're likable. There's something about Madison Square Garden, the stars sitting courtside, the mecca of basketball, the city into it, the passion that's there, the memories that stir, and it's been a long time since the Knicks have been relevant. I mean, they were relevant again for about 10 minutes last year. The Nets, when you think of it, I I think what comes to mind is they're just unlikable. Sally, you want about Kevin Durant and how great of a player he is? He's one of the greatest that will ever play. He's not likable. Kyrie Irving, what more do I have to say there? James Harden quit on another team and left. Ben Simmons the grand savior that's coming in. I mean, if you like Ben Simmons, God bless you. 
they're just none of these guys are likable. They're, they're not embraceable. When the Knicks were good again and they were fun, even who do they want? What was the big outcry? Bring in Tibbs. And now they're, they're ready to throw him out like yesterday's donuts. So that's the tough life of New York sports. But it's not only popu- popularity, it's likability. There's a difference between the two. And on that note, we shall break. We'll come back. Loaded second hour on the way, including our conversation with Emily Harris, Chuck, coming up. Jimmy Beheim joins us for his weekly chat. We'll go on the blind side, back to the phones, and hanging in the chat as well. AQSportsTalk.com. Stay right there.